0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Start your weekend off right. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Kinaram on the BetQL Network presented by BetMGM.
1: It is that weird time of the year where you're not quite sure what day of the week it is. And it might be December, but it might be January. Yeah, it's that week between Christmas and New Year's. And all we know is there's football. There's so much football. There's been a ton of football, hopefully you've been downloading the preview episodes of each game inside your Odyssey app. Welcome into BetQLU, live coast to coast on the BetQL network, wherever you may be in the world on that Odyssey app. And of course, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL, and on YouTube as well. I'm Chris Mack, uh, next to me is RJ Choppy, Kayla Canaram with us as well. And happy holidays, guys. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas to those who celebrated and are amping up for a big 2023 um, I know Kayla, you traveled the world to find the best Chinese food <laughs> in rural Missouri. RJ, I know ah, kept it pretty local in the Metroplex. <laughs> I don't know about the quality yeah. of Chinese food in Frisco, but Hey, I'm sure there's a good place or two. I'm sure there's a PF Chang's in Frisco. Uh, and I stayed local here in Western Pennsylvania. So, uh, I, I think we all had a pretty good holiday season. Uh, let's start as we usually do here on BetQLU QLU with what we learned in the past week, Kayla, I'll let you lead us off.
2: Well, no surprise where I'm going here. I learned that watching KU lose in a bowl game is still fun and something I've missed for 13 years, guys. Um, All right, if you watch the game, that's not really fair to say. They came back from a 25-point deficit. They took the game to three overtimes and failed to convert on a two-point conversion. Honestly, one of the best games we've seen this bowl season in a 55-53 final. I did pick the Razorbacks to cover. That didn't happen, but I'll take the win nonetheless. I don't know that I can outwardly compliment the Jayhawks, but it was a great game and it ended the way I was hoping it would. Um, I was actually at a friends, family friend's stateside wedding reception dinner thing. And my dad, who is a diehard Mizzou fan, stopped everything and called the Hogs at this reception. And we don't even like Arkansas, but that's just what you do when you're a Mizzou fan and you hate KU. Um, I'm just glad that we got to play Wake Forest instead of them. Sometimes you have to laugh so you don't cry.
1: The enemy of my enemy is my friend. There you go. Calling out the hogs at a wedding. RJ, what did you, what did you learn this week? Uh I I didn't really learn
0: anything per se. I confirmed something that football without quarterbacks is unwatchable. Mm. Uh it, you know, the, the they got to do something with these games. Like it's it's so hard to to first of all to bet on these games when you got other teams quarterbacks missing. Uh, and then it just, it becomes the sport has, has evolved, uh, to such a passing league that if you don't have a great quarterback, you're screwed. And, uh, like when you, when you have, and then forget the quarterback, you have all these people sitting out. Uh, it just makes it really hard to, 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 to get the same enjoyment I used to get out of it. College football, the playoff has made a lot of these games meaningless and we need stakes in America. You know, that's why we got to watch, right? That's why we watch watch, uh, NFL more than anything else. It's because every game matters. And not every NBA game matters. And not every Major League Baseball game matters, etc. We need stakes. And I I just confirmed what I had feared was happening for 20 years. And and that is that bowl season outside of, you know, four of them, you know, are tough to watch.
1: Yeah, you know, it's to kind of piggyback off of what you're talking about, RJ. The one thing I learned is... The most important position on the field and what every bowl game comes down to is still quarterback. I mean, that, we're not breaking any news to say the quarterback is the most important position on any football field. But from some of the smaller games where you see a guy who maybe you didn't know anything about, like Diego Pavia in at New Mexico State, right? You see him running all over the place sticking his nose in piles going for it with QB sneaks on short yardage downs to Jalen Daniels, even though I know it gave Kayla a little bit of a scare. uh, to like the bigger (laughs) names that we already recognize, like Bo Nix and Drake may duking it out in the holiday bowl. Um, Even, even in games where the quarterbacks were less than impressive, like Garrett Schrader of Syracuse having what I thought was an awful day in the pinstripe bowl. I think what we learned is most of what you see in these bowl games can be distilled down to, Who are the quarterbacks? What level of of experience do they have? What level of motivation does every guy around them have? You know, who's the coach? In some cases, you know, you got guys walking in. You got, for example, and it worked for Wisconsin, Luke Fickle walking in and kind of somewhat half hybrid coaching a team while old coaches who he's going to fire are still on the sideline. I mean, all these weird dynamics that come into it, I think what it boils down to, like you said, RJ, is Damn, these games are hard to bet. Um, And nonetheless, we're going to give it a go here on BetQLU. And we will talk quarterbacks. We will talk coaches. We will talk opt-outs. We will talk injuries. The one place we know there won't be opt-outs, the college football playoff semifinals, which we will get to, including our best bets, before we wrap up today. But let's – why not? Let's dive right in and start previewing what I would call uh, the other guys. Uh, A couple of games that will be played this weekend – Uh, This holiday weekend that don't necessarily have the appeal of the new year six or obviously of the semifinals, but let's start in Nashville music city bowl, the trans perfect music city bowl to you. Thank you very much at Nissan stadium, a couple of seven and five teams uh, that were underwhelming in different ways this year, but certainly offensively it's why we have the lowest total on the board of any college football game this year stop me if you've heard me mention that in a game involving iowa before the total between the kentucky wildcats and iowa hawkeyes 31 for a kickoff at noon on saturday afternoon we could call it speaking of quarterbacks the quarterbackless bowl maybe spencer petrus petrus pardon me alex padilla not available for iowa you've got redshirt freshman joe Labisand, uh true freshman carson may not sure but exactly zero snaps of experience between the two. Kentucky without Will Levis. So it'll be probably Destin Wade, uh, maybe maybe Kaya Sharon, who had a, a decent performance against Louisville. Uh, Deuce Hogan, a former Hawkeye, also a possibility. But definitely with Iowa favored by two and a half, that's about as big a spread as you're going to get in this one, guys, when we expect hardly any points to be scored. This is going to be a rock fight, Kayla, the Music City Bowl in Nashville.
2: Yes. Uh, What's the opposite of get your popcorn ready? Because I think that's what's going to happen here. (laughs) This, by all accounts, is going to be (laughs) a... Don't get your popcorn out. Um, This is going to be a tough watch, I'm afraid. As mentioned, both teams will be missing their starting quarterbacks along with a handful of other players. When you factor in with the Kentucky running one of the slowest-paced offenses in the country, I think we're in for a potential snooze fest. Um, They can literally turn a one-scoring drive into half a quarter. Due to the uncertainty at quarterback, this is one um, that's going to come down to the run game and the defenses, both of which are fairly solid. It is worth noting that Kentucky has an issue with turnovers, whereas Iowa does not and forces roughly two per game. So I think that could be the deciding factor in this one. However, when it comes to bowl games, Kentucky has won its last four under Mark Stoops. So it sounds like I'm teetering here. It's because I am. Since we have to make a pick, I think Iowa has a slight advantage here, but I don't know why I'm kind of tempted to take Kentucky to cover. It's just going to be a rough watch all around, I'm afraid.
1: Yeah, I think you're right about that. It is interesting to me, and I don't know if he will have any impact on this game or not, but Liam Cohen has been named the offensive coordinator at Kentucky after his year Mm. with the Rams. Um, So he replaces Rich Scangarello, who his lone year this season was awful as compared to Cohen's uh, Year at the helm, the previous year when when it felt like Will Levis was was having that breakout after finally getting a chance to play, transferring over from Penn State, two stingy defenses. RJ, I, I know this is a crazy low total at thirty one, but again, taking the trends that we've seen with both teams, defenses, running games. Oh, by the way, Kentucky going to be without Christopher Rodriguez Jr., five yards per carry. Uh, I, I just this has all the makings of one of those. Uh, sixteen to thirteen, like I said, rock fights.
0: Yeah, this, this is this has got low scoring all over. I, I would I would probably actually take the under. I know it's so low. Uh, but I would still probably lean the I, I would take Kentucky plus the two and a half as well. Uh, remember I know I know they had Will Levis, but th- they were at one point a top ten team in the nation this year. Uh right in that borderline right and and they and they struggled. Uh but look again like you know who'd they play? They they played some really tough opponents in those games. Um, you know, some of them they, they did have some uh, just a dog butt loss early late in the year but man they are still and, and it's a home game it's a home game for them it's in Nashville uh, yeah. it, it's it's like an hour from the state border if that so I would I would, uh, would lean Kentucky uh, I don't have a great feeling on it I mean when you when you have everybody being out with quarterback play uh, being gone and then and then you know potentially a first round draft pick of the position not playing, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to uh, to recreate that player, and they're not going to be able to do it. But I do think overall the talent at Kentucky is a little bit better.
1: Yeah, if you're looking for reasons to lean on the under uh, Iowa, the under 7-0 and in their last seven non-conference games, uh, Kentucky last six games on grass, interesting note here, uh, under <laughs> 6-0 and in those six games. So who knows what the conditions are like. Uh, they just played a game there a few days ago between the Cowboys and the Titans. So again, maybe that lends itself to even more of a slog between Kentucky and Iowa. Uh, I do think I'm leaning Iowa laying the two and a half and definitely on the under, even as ridiculously low as that number may be. All right. Another one of the other guys, this bowl, uh, it was the Outback bowl for years. This year it's become the Relia quest bowl at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. This one Monday afternoon at 12 Eastern. This is the one you wake up, perhaps. Well, you'll wake up to the NFL with a hangover from New Year's Eve, but if it's a really bad one, it'll linger into Monday afternoon, Monday morning as well. (laughs) Eight and four teams, Illinois against number 22, Mississippi State. Look, we can sit here and talk about all the opt-outs, and there are plenty, especially big names for Illinois in the secondary with Devin Witherspoon and Sidney Brown out. We know Chase Brown isn't going to play in this one. We could talk about names on the Mississippi State side who aren't going to play either, but I think we all know that this game is all about how Mississippi State, favored by a point and a half, total sitting at 46, reacts to uh, the loss of head coach Mike Leach. Uh, Is Zach Arnett, their defensive coordinator, who's acting head coach, uh, able to rally the troops, so to speak? Is Steve Spurrier Jr. able to pick up right where things left off under Mike Leach in that air raid offense? And put some points up on Illinois, who we know is probably not going to score a ton again, especially with Chase Brown out. RJ, I think, you know, we talk so much, especially during bowl season, about motivation and momentum and things like that. This one, to me anyway, seems like all the motivation is, is leaning Mississippi State's way and those guys wanting to perform well to honor the late Mike Leach.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like this is a really tough game to pick from that main re- reason and you know, you ever you ever think that you know, the bowl season is is a lot about want to and and how much these players care. I guarantee the Mississippi State players care. Yeah. Uh that 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 much could be said. And for Illinois, I mean, they don't get to the bowls that often. And they, and they haven't been to a bowl that often. Uh this is this is a big day for them. Uh, as well. So I think the motivation will be there on both sides. Uh, but h- how could you sit here and pick against Mississippi state right now? Like they're like, they're, 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 they they're the favorites right now for me of, of both seasons Like they're the team I've been looking forward to watching the most of any team, even, even, you know, not quite as more than my own, uh, outside of the Final <laughs> four and then the C game. Like this is the team I've wanted to watch the most. I wanted to see how they respond. I wanted to see what, uh, you know, what they do and tribute to him. Uh, I, I have. I would love to see them rock the old Tampa Bay Buccaneer Pirate, you know, logo jerseys uh, for for this game. That'd be cool. But no, I, I, I'm fascinated with this. Uh, I love Mike Leach, uh, and I want to see how they respond.
1: Yeah, Illinois, Kayla, 120th in explosive pass rate, bottom ten in red zone touchdown percentage, and that was with Chase Brown this year. Mississippi State's D line. <laughs> Uh, top third of the country in yards per play allowed, 22nd in the country in turnovers forced this uh, Bulldogs defense. All of that coupled with the emotional tide that I think will be on Mississippi State's side. I'm definitely taking Mississippi State, laying the point and a half. Uh, where are you at on this one?
2: I'm right there with both of you, and I unintentionally wore maroon today. I didn't even mean to do that. Look at that. Look at that. A happy accident. Um, yeah, short and sweet. Give me Mississippi State to cover. I think the Bulldogs will get it done in honor of Coach Leach. This team is playing at full strength next to an Illinois team that will be affected by some big opt-outs, like you said, including their star running back, uh, Chase Brown, as well as their cornerback and safety. I think all the momentum is swinging in Mississippi State's favor, and they are going to swing that sword in honor of their fearless pirate. Um, both teams have had fairly similar seasons, but unless you're an Illinois fan, literally no one was rooting for you except Everyone's rooting for Mississippi State, unless you're an Illinois fan, including me. Bulldogs to cover, and then some. You can't roll into town, guys, with that equipment truck. Have you seen the equipment truck? And lose? No. That's just not going to happen. It is fully. It's like Mike Leach's face. It's a swing your oh, sword. They completely awesome. went all out. Yeah, it's cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah,
1: unless unless your last name is unless your last name is Belema, I don't think you're you're rooting for, for, <laughs> for, for, for Illinois in this one. This is. No. This, you're right, Kayla. Illinois it's, fans it's are the only to- people
2: rooting for Illinois. Yeah,
1: you're absolutely right. Uh, so we got those two games set up for you. If you've missed any of our previews, and look, depending on when you're listening to this, whether you're listening live on the BetQL network or on your Odyssey app, or maybe downloading the podcast later, every single game, we have previewed every single ball game. You can download each episode. Go subscribe right now inside the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Go to BetQL as well to get all your BetQLU content because we've got it there for you as we get ready to wrap up bowl season. Coming up, the sugar, the cotton, the citrus, plus the granddaddy of them all. That was a terrible Keith Jackson voice, so I won't do it again. Yeah. The Rose Bowl. Uh, sorry, those was <laughs> really bad. Uh, and, yes, our best bet's still on the way. Plus, we preview those college football playoff semifinals as well. Alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Kanaram, I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network presented by BetMGM.
0: To BetQLU with R.J. Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.
1: It's almost like you can feel the end coming, and nobody wants the end to be here, but we're close to the end of what has been just a wild bowl season to this point. I'm Chris. He's R.J. She's Kayla. This is BetQLU. Live coast-to-coast on the BetQL network, wherever you may be in the world, on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Of course, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL. And you can watch the stream on YouTube as well. And once we're done with the live version of the show, you can always go in and download all the episodes as well. We've been breaking them up into game-specific four- and five-minute podcast chunks throughout the bowl season. So if there's a specific game you want to hear our takes on, go in, check it out, and again, make sure you subscribe inside your odyssey app still to come before we wrap things up our best bets for this weekend and we've got to get really deep we've talked each and every week since the field was set about the college football playoff semifinals but we really get into them in the final segment today so in about 15 20 minutes from now but let's start with the other new year's six games uh including the all-state sugar bowl at mercedes-benz superdome in new orleans 10 and 2 number 5 alabama Laying six and a half on a 56 point total to 10 and three. Number nine, Big 12 champ, Kansas State, Saturday at noon. Uh, Kansas State averaging 33 points a game, but that number shot up to 39 points a game over their last half dozen contests. A lot of that has to do with big old Haas, Will Howard, who's never met a deep ball he didn't want to throw. 15 <laughs> touchdowns and only two picks. Um and something crazy like 1,400 yards on 100 completions that will put them behind only Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud in the Power Five for yards per completion. Other side, Bryce Young, Will Anderson, both expected to play despite being first round draft targets in April for the NFL. Bama has a chance to finish on a high note, uh, but increasingly it feels like the focus, at least from Tide fans that I've seen online anyway, is on oh recruiting oh the portal. Next season, rather than finishing this season, I don't know if that's the same for the players. I'm sure they would insist they're focused on beating Kansas State. But for Kansas State, a win over Alabama in the Sugar Bowl would be enormous. Kayla, uh, again, the tide laying six and a half. I'm leaning toward Kansas State making this a one-possession game. Where are you at on the Sugar Bowl?
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm super jazzed about this matchup. We touched on it last week. And I'm going to double down on what I said then. Um, and that is, while K-State had a solid season, I can see them covering, but I'm not going to take the bait. This is the first time these two teams are going to meet head-to-head. And as it pertains to bowl games, guys, Alabama obviously has the edge. The Crimson Tide own a 45-27-3 and record across 75 bowl appearances, while the Wildcats own a 10-13 and record across 23 bowl appearances. I know they're not playing for the national championship, but this is still a Nick Saban-led team who isn't going to roll over, which is evident with guys not opting out, as you just mentioned, including Bryce Young and Will Anderson. So I don't expect Bama to sleep here. The one thing I don't love is that the Wildcats went 5-0 and against the spread in their last five with top five opponents and covered in their last four games straight. But that was not against an SEC team. Had to get that in. Uh, I said it last week. I think this is where the <laughs> difference between the Big 12 and SEC will be on full display Um, I know K-State is coming in with the momentum and a lot to play for, but I'm still not ready to pick against Bama like a lot of people are. So this is still a team who is very close to getting into the playoff, in my opinion, should have. So give me the Tide minus six and a half.
1: Wow. Okay. So are you going to be tempted like I've been, RJ, into taking the six and a half? And who knows, maybe this thing gets to seven by kickoff. We can cross our fingers, I think, and knock on wood, hope and pray that that happens. But if it sits at six and a half, are you on Kansas State to keep this, as I mentioned, a one-possession ball game?
0: You know, here's my issue, Bama. They they lose this kind of game. You know, Nick Saban's teams like they lose to Utah the Sugar Bowl. They lose to Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl when there's, they don't have anything to play for. They, this is not a, a a program that sits and lives and dies based on the Sugar Bowl. That used to be the cool thing to do, uh, but it isn't anymore. It's about it's about titles now, and and I, I just I struggle with Bama on that one, but one thing I do love is that Bryce Young and, and them they're, like they're they're not they're not saying no, you know. I, right. I do love that. So I, I would normally say Case, I would take K State in this one though. Considering they're not saying no to this game, I am going to take Alabama. I, I do think that that those guys playing is, is gonna is gonna give the uh, the rest of the, the, the team a reason to actually go on out there and give a rip about this game. Because if you go back and look, you know they got beat by Oklahoma like a drum. They got beat by Utah. These are all these are during the Nick Saban era uh, and mm-hmm. during the College Playoff era. They just didn't care about the game. They didn't care about those games. And, and then you know I'm, I'm thinking this year they will because these guys are want to play.
1: Yeah, 14 and 11. How about that number? The under in the 25 combined games these two played this year. I am going to stick with K State plus the six and a half, and I'm going to take the under as well. I just I, I, you make a great point, both of you, about Bryce Young and Will Anderson. It's Nick Saban. I just I, I think they're underwhelmed, everybody involved in that program going into this game. Some guys playing, yeah, but still looking forward to their futures. A lot of guys wondering you know, how many guys entered the portal, how many guys are coming via the portal. The focus seems to already be in Tuscaloosa on next year, so I'll take K-State plus the six and a half. Uh, Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic in Arlington at the Jerry Dome. Uh, number sixteen Tulane, the group of five uh, participant this year at eleven and two, the American Athletic Conference champs against eleven and two number ten USC with Caleb Williams, uh, laying only two total, sitting at sixty two. This one a Monday, one Eastern, ten a.m. Pacific kickoff. Tulane's a great story. Uh, They turned themselves around in one year from two and ten to AAC champs. Willie Fritz. Uh, flipping all the right switches there as their head coach. They've done it with defense and a run game, but they haven't faced anybody like USC yet. Uh, I'm curious, though, with lots of guys out, a pair of offensive line starters out, Jordan Addison out, um, even with Caleb Williams playing in this one, you've got injuries that have mounted in the run game. I don't know if USC lights it up to the tune of the 41 points a game they've averaged this year. I think it's tough for me to take it with such a small spread. The Trojans laying just two. But I do think this is an interesting one that's very tempting to lean on the under with it posted at 62 right now, RJ.
0: I do think the under is a decent play. I would I would definitely lay. The, I would definitely roll with USC here minus the two. I mean that is that's basically a pick'em. Uh, I don't I don't know that Tulane has a single player that could start for USC's team. Uh, I know I'm a, I'm a big bad SEC guy who hates the little guy. I, I you're right, I do. Uh, but neither here or there. This is, uh, this is, this is, this is going to, I wouldn't watch this game. It was in my backyard. All right. Like that's how bad. Well, it like, kind of is, isn't am... it? It kind of is. <laughs> it is 20. in my backyard. It's, it's, it's 15 minutes away. Uh, but no, it's just like, you, I, I have no doubt that USC is going to roll them. I, I don't know. They would have to literally go out there and not even practice or game plan for this game at all for me to see how they could possibly lose this game. But again, I'm probably wrong. I'm probably big, bad, big school SEC guy who just hates on the little dude. Yeah, well, Tulane. I know they're they're they were in the SEC once, I think. I think they were an SEC team like way back when, the nineteen thirties. They'll be fine.
1: RJ Choppy, team overdog. <laughs> uh woof, woof, woof. I don't know. I like the defense from Tulane. Again, they haven't faced anything like USC. I like Ty J Spears, who's been running uh, the the heck out of the ball. Uh, 15 touchdowns this season, top 15 in the country. I think it's enough to slow the game down that USC doesn't necessarily light up the scoreboard. Maybe they score into the 30s. Maybe Tulane only gets in the end zone once, maybe twice. And But I don't think that's enough to push that 62-point total. I don't think it's a runaway, Kayla.
2: Yeah, I agree. But first off, stop me if you have heard this before, guys. I've danced at this bowl game. <laughs>
1: How many is that now? Is that have we hit the, all four?
2: We're, we we're have at the, three. The, the quinella,
1: at three. three. Okay, try we're
2: at three. Uh, not no, not quinella. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yes, Mizzou versus Arkansas. This was pre-SEC circa 2007. We should have been playing in the Orange Bowl that KU stole from us while we were getting stomped by OU in the Big 12 championship. But that's neither here nor there. Back to this game. I feel like USC is going to be playing for revenge, not against Tulane, but against themselves after that Pac-12 championship disaster. Uh, And with that, I'm all aboard the Trojans train in this one at minus two. Um, Yeah, just like RJ said, it's going to potentially be a bloodbath. But then again, Tulane is going to be playing with that underdog slash put some respect on her name mentality. So I feel like it could be close. As the spread would suggest, um, I also don't love that the Trojans have some opt-outs, but again, if Caleb Williams is in, I have no doubts in this one. After all, this is again, a team that nearly got into college football playoff. Um, and I think they're going to play like it. I kind of actually do like the over here though. Okay. If that's crazy, obviously these two teams love the over Tulane hit it in six of their seven while USC has done it in seven of their last seven. So, but again, bowl games can be weird.
1: Yeah, they, they've definitely been weird this year, but if you're reading trends, you're right. Uh, uh, over in six of two lanes the last seven, I think you said, in, in each of USC's last seven, something to keep an eye on. All right, VRBO, Verbo, however you want to say it, Citrus Bowl in Orlando. Nine and four, number 17, LSU, against eight and five, Purdue, who are without head coach Jeff Brom, as well as Aiden O'Connell, their quarterback, leading receiver, Charlie Jones, all opting out for this one. And... LSU, look, I know they've got four starters on defense opting out as well as a couple of receivers not available. They're so much deeper. They're they're just more talented than Purdue. This is where I think you talked about SEC versus Big 12 earlier, guys. I think this is where you get top-flight SEC-level talent even if they haven't played a lot this year in some of the guys filling in for opt-outs against middle-of-the-road Big 10-level talent, which is what Purdue is. No knock against them. They had a good year. But this is where I think 14 and a half points, a lot of points. I'm still riding with LSU. I think they run away in this one early. Maybe you get a backdoor cover from Purdue. But Purdue just doesn't score points, RJ. Uh,
0: no, they don't. And, and you know, when you're without your your coach and quarterback, it's going to be even more difficult. Man, 14 is just a lot. 14 and a half is yeah. a lot, especially for a team. And this is where you got to get caught in that trap. Uh, they were on the cusp of going to the Final Four. There's a, there's a half dozen teams out there that – we're in that final four discussion, and now they're stuck in the camping world stadium citrus <laughs> bowl. Uh, by the way, so sidebar, you can't have a company that's been a company for years and they all of a sudden want to tell you you're pronouncing it wrong. VRBO or verbal. you can't just change things on us uh, in the seventh inning. We're on the phone to VRBO. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just sit there and change it on us. Right. Uh, but that you're scares right. me about what? Yeah, it scares you're me about LSU right. that they, they were yeah. so close. They were so close, and now do they care? It's just, man, they're just so much more talented. They've got so much more depth. I would probably yeah. uh, I would probably do stick with the under in the game and not touch the points.
1: Total's gone over in six of LSU's last seven, but that's before all the opt-outs, uh, although most of their opt-outs have come uh, on the defensive side. Total was hit the over in five of Purdue's last six against the SEC for what that's worth, Kayla. Uh, 14.5 is a big number. I'm going to lay it anyway. Um, where are you on LSU Purdue?
2: I don't think this is going to be a fair fight. Clearly as one of the more larger bowl spreads would suggest, um, as you mentioned, Purdue is down their head coach, starting quarterback, best wide receiver, and Michigan covered the 16 points against them in the big 10 championship. Combine that with this less than stellar defense. And I think LSU will have the opportunity to dismantle the spoiler makers team, despite being without some of the key weapons of their own, but just not as detrimental when it comes to depth as Purdue. I don't love that Brian Kelly is 5-9 and against the spread in bowl games or that the Tigers are 3-4 and against the spread as the favorite, but this, by all accounts, has a Tigers win and cover written all over it, especially with uh, what Purdue will be lacking on the field. I I do kind of like the over. We'll see. Both teams combined for 60, so I'm tempted to take it, but you're right. It could very well go under.
1: Especially with the opt outs again on LSU's defensive side. Again, yeah. they're so deep and talented, though. Um, speaking of Big Ten teams, uh, you've got one playing against a Pac 12 team that kind of looks like a Big Ten team in Pac 12 clothing. We got number 11, Utah, favored by two and a half against number eight, Penn State, in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, Monday, five Eastern, two Pacific. I don't know how you judge a top 10 team that lost only twice, but to two playoff participants, but also didn't beat a single team. In the end of year, top 25, at least in the CFP, top 25 at the end of those rankings. Penn State here to help us find out. Utah, uh, they love to run the ball. They love defense. They love to play physical football. And they've got the advantage at quarterback, in my opinion, anyway, Cam Rising, uh, very marginally over Sean Clifford, I think. Uh, Again, two really good defenses teams that should lean on running the football, but quarterbacks that can make a difference. Utah favored by two and a half. I think it's going to be a great football game, but I do think uh, Utah ends up pulling away in the end. I say that despite the Nittany Lion on my hat right Ooh. now. Kayla Rose Bowl, what do you think?
2: I'm shocked by your pick there, Chris. First of all, I was going to ask, will I get in trouble if I don't pick Penn State? But you didn't, so I guess no, not. No,
1: no. Um <laughs>
2: Well, lucky for you, I'm leaning the Nittany lions as dogs in this one. Okay. Uh, Yes. Utah wins at the quarterback battle, but both teams are coming in hot after big wins. Obviously we saw what Utah did to USC, but Penn State has been on a tear putting up an average of 40 points per game over their last six games. Uh, They have scored touchdowns on 75% of their red zone drives and they've allowed 52 tackles for loss, making them 20th lowest in the country. This will come down to whether or not Penn State can shut down the Utes offense who does rank top 10 in success rate. Yes, both teams have momentum going their way, but I think it's swinging stronger and the Nittany Lions favor. So I'm taking them to cover at plus two and a half.
1: I like it. You're more positive than me. RJ, total sits at <laughs> 52 and a half on this one. What do you make of uh, Penn State-Utah?
0: I, I like the uh, I, I like Utah on this one. They do play a very similar style. They, they, are, they are kind of a Big Ten type team, uh, but I do side always with who the better quarterback is. That is Utah.
1: Game. Yep, yeah. Cam rising over Sean Clifford. Coming up next, David meets Goliath in the desert and the undefeated number one team in the country. Congratulations, you get rewarded with a de facto home game, but it's against possibly the most talented offense in the country. Congratulations. We preview the semifinals at the Fiesta and Peach Bowls and our best bets all next alongside Kayla Canaram and RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack, and this is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris and Kayla here on the BetQL network presented by Bet MGM.
0: Bet to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack and Kayla Canarum
1: on the BetQL network presented by Bet MGM. Welcome back in live coast-to-coast on the BetQL Network. This is BetQLU alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram. I am Chris Mack, and that's everything the voice guy just said. I don't know why I repeated him, but there we go. It's the holidays, and we're all a little off, just a tiny bit. Don't worry. We're usually on, and that's why BetQLU will continue. Next week, we'll obviously have a national championship game to preview, and a ton of college hoops starts to roll onto the slate as well which we'll do every single week here on BetQLU. Whether you listen to us live, like I said, on the BetQL network or in your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, download it, subscribe to BetQLU there, and all the BetQL shows and podcasts so you stay up to date with all the latest lines and angles on how to bet those lines. And Of course, you can watch the show as well on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL, and on YouTube as well. All right, into specifics on... The college football playoff semifinals in just a moment. Future national championship odds, real quick. Georgia still sitting at BetMGM at minus one thirty. They're the odds-on favorite. Michigan three to one. Ohio State plus three sixty. TCU eighteen to one. So if you're a big believer in the Horn Frogs, don't worry. That precludes you, RJ. We know you're not. Uh, you may want to lay a few bucks. Just to sprinkle a, a little salt base. Sprinkle on TCU at 18 to one, if you think they can get through both Michigan (laughs) and then either Georgia or Ohio state. But, uh, let's start with the Fiesta bowl. The one with the $2.5 million, 285 pound diamond encrusted trophy TCU, uh, getting seven and a half against Michigan, the undefeated Wolverines. Uh, can they keep up with TCU speed? I don't know. They kept up with Ohio States, seemingly. Can TCU withstand the Big Ten uh, muscle of Michigan? Max Duggan going to be rested up, ready to go. But we saw J.J. McCarthy come out of nowhere to outplay C.J. Stroud in Columbus the last time we saw uh, Michigan on a field against a competitive opponent. I don't know where I end up on this one as far as the total goes. 58 and a half, I think, is a really solid number. But I do think... Guys, we get a little bit of a scare in the Wolverines, just enough for TCU to keep this one tight late. I know they've usually won those kind of games. I don't think they'll have enough to do it against Michigan. So I'll take TCU plus the seven and a half, knowing that I still expect Michigan to win. Kayla, what's your read on the Fiesta Bowl semifinal?
2: Well, this is one of the easier bets for me. While I would love to see TCU make it a game, I think we're looking at at it. like a 10 point difference here in the final okay. score. Even without Blake Corum, the Wolverines still have an insane rushing attack who averages 243 yards per game combined with a pretty solid defense to complement it. Yes, TCU has the six best scoring offense averaging 40 points a game, but their defense allows roughly 25 a game, putting them at 56 nationally. I just think Michigan is the more complete team here. They are 5-1-1 one and one against the spread in their last seven games following a win and 3-0-1 oh against the spread in their last four Following in against the spread win. Uh, We could throw all the stats your way here, but we will see Michigan in the championship in a few weeks. And I like them to cover in this one on their way to the ship.
1: Michigan handled that uh, big play offense of Ohio State pretty well. Uh, Last time I mentioned, RJ, we saw them against a competitive opponent, but TCU's got the capability as well uh, to put up points quickly, to hit for big plays. They've also got the ability to run the ball. I... I see a lot of similarities, I think, despite maybe a disparity in talent level between TCU and Ohio State. That makes me believe that Michigan will win in the end. I just don't know if they run away with this. Is is Jim Harbaugh completely dialed in? Mm, I don't know. Is he eyeing up Carolina and Denver and maybe even Indy? Is he distracted just a little bit? I think Michigan wins. I think they go to the national championship, but I think TCU makes this uncomfortably close, RJ. I, I, I think TCU uh,
0: covers this, the seven and a half. And I know I put the hate on TCU, but there's one caveat to that, is that Michigan's also a fraud. Uh, so, like, that, and, and I've thought that the entire wow. year. This was like, these were like my worlds colliding. I thought Michigan and TCU all year had a big, giant <laughs> bag of nothing. Both of them had a big bag of nothing. They, they barely beat Baylor. They barely beat Illinois. And then they go out there and then they put it on Texas and then they put it on uh, on, on Ohio State. They caught Ohio State. They caught them. Uh, they caught them with the big play. Ohio State sold out. We talked to Sonny Dykes on uh, on my radio show in Dallas, uh, Fort Worth. uh was a couple of weeks back uh, after the matchup came out. And that's what we talked about. He was like, we, you know, they, they they caught Ohio State off guard. Like They went over the top on them. They were not expecting. They were selling out to stop the run, and you just can't do that. Uh, and and TCU is not going to do that uh, against Michigan. I think TCU keeps it going. I do think Michigan wins. They move on to be, uh, you know, to go to the national championship game play and whoever, whoever I think is going to wind up making that game. Uh, but <laughs> I, I do think TC2 keeps it close.
1: Yeah, I, you know, it's so funny, it should be the Fiesta funny...
2: Fraud Bowl. It should
0: be. You're absolutely right. That should be a a, a, a fake diamond trophy. It should be cubics, zirconia, <laughs> and not diamonds. Yeah, because that's what these two programs are: frauds, fakes.
1: <laughs> this is where producer Zach jumps in and reminds us all that Clemson should be involved in this somehow his fraud of the year as well. Um, it's yeah. interesting though, like you bring up because they were, they both played nobody at the beginning of the year, right? Like TCU played uh, Colorado and Tarleton. Oh. Is it Tarleton state? I, I've never even heard of the place. Tarleton, I, Tarleton. Whatever. Tarleton. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tarleton state. Uh, Michigan was playing nobody as well early on in the year. Um, so I get what you're saying. I do think, Again, I come back to Michigan, I think this might be exactly what they need if they actually want to have hope of beating the team that will tell you I think they're going to play uh, in just a couple of minutes when we preview uh, the the other semifinal. Um, but I think this is just the scare they need. Is TCU making it uncomfortably close in the Fiesta Bowl? As for the other semifinal, and now I'm allowed to tell you who I'm going to take in the Peach Bowl. Uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Saturday night, uh, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific kickoff. Number one, Georgia, undefeated at 13-0, the SEC champs against 11-1, number four, Ohio State, who sort of backdoored their way into the playoff after getting dominated by Michigan in their regular season finale. I just... look. I can see Ohio State maybe hitting Georgia over the top once or twice. I do think they have a slight edge, Marvin Harrison Jr., the rest of the receiving core, Ibuka, Julian Fleming, against Georgia's secondary. I've seen plenty of people question the ball skills and is Georgia going to be able to force turnovers on the back end? Ringo, Lasseter, Bullard, uh, Christopher Smith, Malachi Starks. Quality cover guys, but can they attack the ball when they need to? I still think when it comes down to it, it's, it's Jalen Carter's show. And if Jalen Carter decides he wants to blow up Ohio State's offense from the inside out, he's going to do that. And six and a half, I think, is probably spot on. I think Georgia ends up winning this by seven to ten-ish, a touchdown or a touchdown and a field goal. Ohio State's got a ton of talent, but just for whatever reason, they haven't put it together in these big spots. They struggled early with Penn State. Granted, that was on the road. Then they just absolutely implode against Michigan. I think Georgia ends up pulling away late, so give me the Bulldogs on this one, Kayla.
2: I've said it from the beginning. This one makes me nervous, and I worry that the Buckeyes are going to be taking the embarrassment from that Michigan game into this. We cannot have a Michigan-Ohio State championship. We just can't. They will also be – with that said, Ohio State is just one and four against the spread in their last five games, so I do like that. They'll also be without some of their key players due to opt-outs and injuries, so that bodes well for the Bulldogs as well. This will also essentially be a home game for Georgia, which we saw how that benefited them in the SEC championship game. With all of this in mind, though, um, I'm leaning towards Ohio State covering with a Georgia win. OSU is still a good team, one that definitely has the passing game to hang. Uh, Yes, OSU against the spread numbers aren't great. They're 0-3-1 in their last four against winning teams, but Georgia is 3-8 against the spread in their last 11 games following a cover. So I think both teams have incredible talent, but Georgia is just the better team on both sides of the ball. I do think Ohio State can cover, though.
1: I also don't know, and this will be something to watch, how Ohio State's defense, do they have anybody on the field that can run with Brock Bowers and, to a lesser extent, not just run with but handle Darnell Washington? Those tight ends are just absolutely brutal. I think Georgia could probably dice up Ohio State just with those guys alone. They are the superstars on that side of the ball. Anyway, back to the quarterback question. Can uh, big game Stetson Bennett, Stetson Bennett the fourth, outplay C.J. Stroud? Um, I, I think he can. Um, I, I just, I, I see too many things leaning Georgia's way here, RJ. I,
0: I struggle with this one too, because I'm, I'm with Kayla. Like this is scary. Like this is Ohio state is, if there's a team that is as talented as any team in the nation, it's that, uh, they have, uh, five stars up and down that roster. Now, so does Georgia. Um, but like Ohio state is that like, they're, they're freakishly talented. Uh, and they've got a better quarterback. Uh, I know Stetson Fleming, Bennett Fourth is uh, everybody's favorite, but <laughs> I mean, he's he's not CJ. Uh, I love the over here. I think the over hits in this game. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna lean towards Georgia and the points. Uh, it is a home game. There is no doubt. Uh, yeah. that place is gonna be absolutely rocking. Now, of course, Ohio State, they got plenty of fans and they're gonna travel, but that is a home game for Georgia, and that is gonna be a wild, wild scene. Uh, I will take the over. I'll stay away from it. But if I was going to bet it, I would probably take Georgia minus the six and a half.
1: All right. Uh, it's going to be something. Where, I, I think even if we end up with the dreaded Ohio State-Michigan rematch, I think whatever we get in the national championship is going to be fun to talk about next week before we wrap Don't put up out there.
0: best. Don't put that out there.
1: Uh, I, it's <laughs> called the reverse jinx, RJ. You put it out there in the universe Fair. Fair. so that we can Fair. get rid of the cosmic Fair. dust or whatever we have to do. Um all right, best bets of the weekend. RJ, I'll let you lead us off.
0: All right, I, I like uh I'll do two of them here. I got TCU and the points uh and then also uh the over in this game, Ohio State uh Georgia okay. over 62 and a half. I like them both.
1: A, a big number involving Georgia's defense there. I'm going to go back to one we talked about. It's a big number. It's kind of scary, but uh eh, Sometimes you got to lay it if you want to play it. LSU minus 14 and a half against Purdue in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, the opt-outs on, on the offensive side of the ball for Purdue are just too important to what was already a really limited offense to begin with. I think LSU's young depth will show up on the defensive side of the ball where their opt-outs are, like I said, the disparity between top of the SEC level talent and middle of the Big Ten talent on full display, I think, in that Citrus Bowl. LSU minus the 14 and a half. Kayla, what do you got?
2: I also have two, and apparently I'm feeling dangerous with these Uh, LSU. I'm like the team total over 36. This LSU offense will be the most athletic Purdue has seen this season. They're playing for pride. They average 32.3 a game, and that's against SEC teams. So let's see what they can do against Purdue. I also like the first quarter under of six and a half in Kentucky versus Iowa. Let's not forget the 7-3 Iowa victory over South Dakota State to start the season. There was no touchdown or field goal. It was two field goals and two safeties. I was just bad on offense. Kentucky's could be even worse without Levis and Rodriguez. So I like the first quarter under of six and a half.
1: That is just such a sad number six and a half for the first quarter <laughs> total. But, uh, but I love the play. We'll be back again next week to break it all down and look ahead to the natty, the national championship. And also, uh, perhaps a, a spin on the coaching carousel as that has really started to spin at full speed and hoops. Yes. We'll break it all down for you next week right here on the BetQL Network live coast to coast on your Odyssey app as well twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube alongside RJ Choppy and Caleb Canarum, I'm Chris Mack this has been BetQLU
2: this is BetQLU with RJ, Chris and Kayla here on the
1: BetQL Network presented by BetMGM okay